Hi, welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I want to talk to you today about a topic that matters a lot to me, which is being kind to yourself. There is so much to this topic, from self-esteem to confidence to self-compassion, the growth mindset, and even drawing from the world, the fabulous world of positive psychology. Oh, there's so much to this, but what does it really mean to be kind to yourself? And what's with all the terms? So first, I want you to bear with me as I'll give you some definitions to orient our understanding. I promise to put it into context um, for what we can do and steps we can take to be kind to ourselves and others. So this sounds super fun, doesn't it? Right? Okay, so let's begin. Self-esteem is our cognitive and above all, our emotional appraisal of our own worth. More than that, it is the lens through which we think, feel, act, and it really reflects and determines our relation to ourselves, to others, and to the world. People with a healthy self-esteem don't need to prop themselves up with externals. And we can think of this as like status or notoriety or Facebook likes, things like that. And they don't have to lean on crutches or other ways to buffer their emotions. We'll talk about this some ca- uh, at some point in the podcast series. So I, I want you to um, think about crutches that people can use, but we'll get to it at some point. And to the contrary, we really treat ourselves with respect and take care of our health, community, our environment. When we are full of self-respect and when we care about ourselves. We are able to invest ourselves completely in people and projects because we don't fear failure or rejection. Now, I want to be clear, of course we will suffer hurt, disappointment, sadness, and all the other negative emotions out there, but we know that it doesn't define us. And these setbacks will not damage nor diminish us permanently. We won't always feel good or ready to take on the world, but we know that we are worth the work, we are worth the effort, and that we, we, are, we have inherent value. And this is really owing to our resilience, that we are open to growth experiences and meaningful relationships, we're tolerant of risk, quick to joy and delight, and we are accepting and forgiving of ourselves and others. So when you value yourself and have good self-esteem, you feel secure and worthwhile. You have generally positive relationships with others and feel confident about your abilities. And we'll get to the confidence piece in a little bit. You're also open to learning and feedback, which can help you grow, help you acquire and master new skills. So to think of it this way, with healthy self-esteem, you're able to assert your needs, you can express your opinions, you're confident in your ability to make decisions, you're realistic in your expectations, and are less likely to be critical of both yourself and others. And I think this is key. We're more resilient. We're better able to weather stress and setbacks. And who doesn't want that, right? Like, how do we grow that? How do we do this? So 
you probably have a good sense of who you are if you exhibit the following signs. Now, I want you to take this with a grain of salt as some of them will apply and some of them won't even if you have healthy self-esteem, good self, high self-esteem. And you'll see why in a little bit. So you'll have confidence. You'll have positive outlook. You'll be able to see your strengths and weaknesses and, and accept them with honesty and, and compassion. Negative experiences won't impact your overall perspective of who you are or your experience. Um, but the other thing I want to point out is um, signs of healthy self-esteem would be an ability to say no. And those of you that know me, I do have a healthy self-esteem, I think. I know, but I lack the ability to say no, not because I, I, I do it to um, serve others. I do it because I'm a afraid of what they will think of me. I do it because I care about other people. So, you know, we all have things to work on and we can acknowledge our strengths and weaknesses and accept them and 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 move forward in in true clarity and a true commitment to growing and becoming more of who we are truly meant to be. So, you on the other side of that, you might need to work on how you perceive yourself if you exhibit any of these signs of poor self-esteem. But really, again, I want you to take into account that these aren't fixed and that we can make choices about how we want to show up and live our lives. But just some signs that you might have poor self-esteem is really a negative app outlook or a true focus on your weaknesses in yourself and in others and I think that's important to point out and important to note and and bring to the forefront so that if we are always looking for the bad in others it's not necessarily it's never about them it's about our fear of who we are and of what we bring to the table so we know that those with poor self-esteem lack confidence. They have a fear of trying new things. They have a fear of failure, um, an inability to express needs, feelings of shame, depression, and anxiety, which I want to get to, um, belief that others are better than you, and trouble accepting feedback. And that's even positive feedback so that you 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 don't want to hear what's right with you. You don't want to hear that you're a beautiful and loving and good human being because that creates such dissonance in, in your understanding of who you are. So I think that's really important to, to consider and to think of. I also want to quickly bring in Maslow's hierarchy of needs from his 1945 book, Motivation and Personality. So as you know, I could, um, I, I love development theory. And so I just want to quickly say it. Um, but anyway, his six stages include physiological, safety, belonging and love, esteem, self-actualization, and self-transcendence. And he used as these six stages to describe the pattern that human motivations generally move through. The goal of Maslow's theory is to attain the sixth level or stage, 
self-actualization of needs. So here we go. I want us to specifically focus on esteem. So that's the fourth uh, stage. Maslow noted two versions of esteem needs, the lower version and the higher version. The lower version of esteem is the need for respect from others. This may include a, a need for status, recognition, fame, prestige, attention. We know what this looks like in this wor our, our world, in our communities. We see that. But then I want us to consider the higher version. It manifests itself as the need for self-respect. For example, the person may have a need for strength, competence, mastery, self-confidence, independence, and freedom. This higher version takes work. It's the hierarchies of interrelated rather than sharply separated ideas. So from this, that we, we, we have this, we've done the work to look for at our own self, uh, respect our own self, um, and how we cultivate strength, compassion, self-confidence, freedom within this, we then move to self-actualization. Maslow says, what a man can be, he must be. So what a man can be, he must be. This quote forms the basis of the perceived need for self-actualization. This level refers to what a person's full potential is and the realization of that potential. Maslow describes this level as the desire to accomplish everything that one can to become the most that we can be. And I think to me that is true courage. So I, I really like this um, idea, this theory and, and his work within this um, hierarchy to help us understand how we can become who we are truly meant to be. It's important to, um, to note that self-esteem is a const concept distinct from self-efficacy, which involves how well you believe you handle for future actions, performance, abilities, and so on. Okay, you guys know I could talk a long time about Maslow, but I'll spare you a, a developmental theory lecture for 20 minutes at this point. So I want us to think about that. If um, I'll, I'll link to his theories in the show notes, if that's something of interest to you, um, I, I would be happy um, to also talk to you in further about that, maybe on another podcast, just wait. So I also want you to consider confidence here. Confidence comes from the Latin word meaning to trust. So to be self-confident is to trust in oneself and in particular in our ability and our aptitude to engage successfully or at least adequately with the world. A self-confident person is ready to rise to new challenges, seize opportunities, deal with difficult situations, and take responsibility if and when things go wrong. But I want you to consider, and I want to challenge you to consider that in the absence of courage, or sorry, in the absence of confidence, courage takes over. Confidence operates in the realm of the known. 
Courage is that of the unknown, the uncertain, and the things that scare us. I cannot be confident in doing something new unless I once had the courage to try it for the first time. And in my humble opinion, of course, I think courage matters more than confidence because it requires greater strength and because a courageous person is one with limitless capabilities and possibilities. I think about this as it relates to public speaking. I used to have complete and utter fear. I'd get sick, literally not be able to speak. I'd, I'd, I had nothing to say. I'd turn red, etc. The list goes on. But then I found the courage to try. I did the work on my self-esteem. I did it and I knew I was worth it. I knew I had something to say. So in that, I found the courage to try. And in that courage, I was able to find my voice and find the confidence to grow and become what I consider to be a competent public speaker. Now, as an aside, for those of you that might be listening and those of you that have seen me present um, publicly, when I speak, um, because of some awkwardness, and nervousness, I curtsy. I curtsy randomly. I curtsy um, at inappropriate breaks in, in um, my presentation. <laughs> but I am able to be honest. And I think people relate to my struggles. I want to think of it as a delightful quirk. And people know this about me. And they look for it when I'm presenting. And sometimes I for. I, I move past that and I don't curtsy and, well, look at me go, right? And I think even when I was curtsying all the time, it's in the self-acceptance and self-compassion that truly helps us embrace who we are with all of our strengths and quirks and fears. So I want you to think about how you show up. What do you think about your self-esteem? What do you think about yourself? And this is where I think self-compassion really comes in. With self-esteem, I want to draw from Dr. Kristen Neff, one of the premier researchers in this area, and I might have pronounced her name wrong, but I've read her books and really like her work and have been at um, various conferences around these, this topic. And I really think it's something that we all need to consider. So Dr. Neff describes self-compassion as consisting of three components that we should all practice on a daily basis and that are necessary, especially in times of personal suffering and failure. And so the first um, component is treating oneself kindly. So let's think about what that might mean. That when we have done something wrong, for example, when I post a podcast um, for a a large audience and I've spelled a word wrong, I'm kind to myself. It happens. This is the way it goes, right? And we know that life is like this. And so let's go to the second component, which is recognizing one's struggles as part of the shared human experience. We've all been there. We've all experienced mistakes. We've all know what it feels like 
um, to mess up or fall down or so it's all part of our experience and it's necessary and that's what helps us grow so and helps us learn um, so that is the second component the third is holding one's painful thoughts and feelings or all thoughts and feelings in mindful awareness so let's think about this the negativity or positivity of your thoughts isn't what's important. So you can have negative thoughts, but I want you to think about it's how you respond to those thoughts that matter. Instead of thinking, there is something wrong with me when I curtsy or get nervous in front of crowds, and instead of fighting against that thought or trying to distract myself away from it or saying that, gosh, I, I've got to quit it. You've got to quit it. And, and, and repeating that over and over in your mind, you just notice it. So first you become mindful, understand that it's common to all parts of our shared experiences, people, and then treat yourself kindly instead of beating yourself up. So we think about it mindfully. We know that it happens to everyone and we're truly kind to ourselves. Okay, and this is where I, I, I do really feel like I need to say a quick piece as it relates to some really high-profile stories of suicide um, in our news recently. And I know that self-esteem work and self-compassion and all of these things isn't enough to acute, uh, repair an acute mental health crisis. We know that self-esteem and self-compassion practices help, but low self-esteem correlates with poor mental health outcomes across the board, increased likelihood of suicide attempts, and difficulty developing supportive social relationships. So I want to say this. You, if you have thoughts that you can't get rid of, if you have thoughts of suicide or harm, or if you are unable or at this point to see the light outside of what you are experiencing now, please get help. I've been there. I've, I've received help myself. Then after receiving the help, you are then able to do this work with true compassion and true understanding. So I want you to call and reach out to a friend, seek the help of a mental health practitioner, go to your family doctor, call 211, literally call 211. It's the United Way's nationwide hotline for services of support. I'll put it and the National Suicide Prevention Hotline um, Lifeline in the show notes. I want you to know that that there is true needs for help. Sometimes we, we really need help before we are able to do the work to raise our self-esteem, to help our, 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 the work of self-compassion, and that there are resources out there to help you. So with that disclaimer in place, and I feel like I really need to say it, I want people to know that we all need help at different times in our life. And despite all the work we can do or that we have done, we need to access resources so that we can get back on track. So 
That being said, I want to get back to the idea that we have to be kind and accepting of ourselves. So this all works together. Um, And as I said, I went through some dark times and I chose to sit on the sidelines for far too long. And my relationship suffered. I wasn't the best parent I could be. I didn't take chances. I didn't have high self-esteem. And I certainly as heck didn't embrace my journey. I couldn't try anymore because I couldn't find the courage. I didn't value myself. And over time, and with a lot of work, some medicine, some help, I realized that I had a choice. I could embrace my story, my strength, and find the courage to grow or continue to be half myself and shrink into fear. And here's where I think we can introduce the concept of mindset. If you haven't read the book by Carol Dweck, Mindset, it's incredible, and I, I, I really recommend it. A fixed mindset assumes that our intelligence, our creative abilities are, are all set, and success is the affirmation of inherent intelligence. Striving for success and avoiding failure at all costs becomes a way of maintaining the sense of being smart or skilled. So that is in quote. Conversely, a growth mindset seeks challenge and sees failure as an opportunity for growth and developing our potential. So we get to choose our mindset and I will do a whole podcast on mindset but I think we have to be kind to ourselves before we are able to then show the same to others and to, to share with others that we can grow ourselves, our mindsets. And we have to then um, be kind to others and especially those close to us. Uh, next week, I'm going to look at how to be kind to others, and that includes our children. And what does self-esteem, confidence, resilience, a growth mindset, and courage look like in others? And how can we help others build it? Um, and, And I will do it in the context of our children, but this relates to everyone. Okay, so now for the most exciting part, I'm sure you all are ready. What can you do this week? I like to have takeaways or further ways I can consider this topic. And so I'm going to talk about a little bit of homework. And now you know you don't have to do this. Um, But it's just something to consider. And these prompts um, will also be in the show notes and on the blog. So if you don't write them down right now and want to try a little bit of this work, please feel free um, to to go and check it out for yourself. So... I want you to write down one strength you can focus on this week and one way you can be kind to yourself. If you want, you can also identify one thought that you have that isn't serving your goals or isn't helping you. So, I mean, really think about this. I want to focus on my love and um, my strength um, of helping others. And so I want to be kind to myself when I know 
that I don't necessarily get all the opportunities or I, I, I'm so busy that I don't have the time to always help others. But I, heck, I see this podcast as an opportunity to help others. So, so just know that. And, and one of the thoughts that I have that isn't serving um, my goal or that isn't helping myself is, who will listen to this podcast? Will this be helpful to other people? Am I doing the right thing? Do I sound silly <laughs> when I'm talking? Um, so this is, this is one piece that we can think about. I also want you to consider when you feel strong and what it is that you're doing. So it's like when you're doing something that you gets you so excited and it consumes you to the point where you can easily lose track of time and things just seem right. So I want you to think about that. Just think about what it is this week. Discover more specifically what it is you like to do, which is typically indi- indicates your areas of strength. So please consider that and then we'll build on that next week. So to wrap up, I want you um, to encourage you to send me your thoughts via email or visit my website. You can also go to livesofcourage.com, which is easier than jessicastong.com, but either one will get you to the right place. I really can't wait to hear from you. Um, Also, if you want me to cover other topics, please let me know. I'm open and happy for suggestions. And if you want to dive deeper into learning about yourself and how to grow your courage, passion, resiliency, um, inspiration, please contact me. Just so you know, I provide coaching sessions to really help you grow as I truly know change is possible and necessary to having the courage to be who you were meant to be. So thank you so much for spending some time with me and doing some work to choose courage. Please remember that we can make the choice to choose courage and be kind to ourselves every day. So hugs to you all. I'll see you next week. Thanks so much.